Welcome to Island Conversations with Sherry Bracken, where we talk about issues facing our Big Island community. Island Conversations, Sunday mornings on KWXX at 6.30 and on B97B93 at 7 a.m. Or listen anytime at kwxx.com. Island Conversations, brought to you by KTA Superstores, where you're someone special every day since 1916. Now, here's your host and producer, Sherry Bracken. Aloha. Welcome to Island Conversations. I think everybody knows that we have physician shortages throughout the islands, and certainly on the Big Island, we have even more of a physician shortage. On January 15, 2020, I went to the Martin Luther King Day event at Old Kona Airport. Two of the speakers talked about a new program brought to the Big Island by the University of Washington School of Medicine and its MedEx Physician Assistant Training Program. They were kind enough to let me drag them back to the studio to record an interview that very day. Unprepared as I was, I was so delighted to get so much information about a program that's going to help us here on the Big Island of Hawaii. What follows is my interview with them, recorded on that day after the Martin Luther King Day event. And let me refer you also to our podcast site, because after we got done talking, Terry Scott offered to tell me the story of the founder of the MedEx program, whose name is Dr. Richard Smith. Please do listen. It's a great story of Dr. Smith, how he started the program, the challenges he faced, and his deep connections with Hawaii, which is where he lived till the end of his life. Remember that Island Conversations is on the radio on the Big Island of Hawaii on Sundays on KWXX and B97B93, and rebroadcast the following Friday on KPUA 670 AM in Hilo, and is always available as a podcast wherever you get podcasts. Just look for Island Conversations or at kwxx.com or b 97hawaiicom Here's our discussion recorded January 15th, 2020. I'm sitting here with Dr. Mizbah Keen, the physician at the University of Washington School of Medicine, and also with Terry Scott, program director and section head of the MedEx program, the physician assistant trading program at University of Washington School of Medicine. Dr. Mizbah Keen, good morning. Aloha. Good morning. Aloha to you as well. Terry Scott, aloha. Aloha. Thank you to both of you for being here. And what I'd like to understand is, what is this program that you are introducing to the Big Island of Hawaii? The Physician Assistant Program at the University of Washington School of Medicine is known as the MEDEX program. That's all caps, M-E-D-E-X. It is a 27-month education program where we take individuals with prior healthcare experience and train them in a one-year didactic classroom and then one year of clinical rotations. And by the time they finish that, they are eligible to sit for the national certifying exam to become certified physician assistants. Physician assistants are individuals who are educated in the medical model, meaning trained as similar to physician training, although shorter period of time, to diagnose and treat. They have prescriptive authority and the ability to come up with plans of care for patients that they see. Why is the University of Washington choosing to institute such a program here on the Big Island of Hawaii? So the University of Washington has a 26-year history of doing distant campuses. We have campuses in Anchorage, Alaska, Spokane, Washington, and Tacoma, Washington, as well as the main campus in Seattle. Several years ago, we started looking at opportunities here in the state of Hawaii. This was prompted by individuals who had been applying to our program for many years from the state of Hawaii, and they were making it clear to us that it would be nice if the state of Hawaii had a PA program in the state 
so that the individuals here didn't have to leave to get that education. We started investigating this in about 2013 and seriously started looking at this in the fall of 2016. In that time, we've met individuals from the state, including physicians, community leaders who were consistent in their message that there's a dire need of health care, particularly in the neighbor islands. Our work and research was to get to know the folks around the state, and we've gotten to know quite a number of individuals. And through meeting some of these individuals, the consistent theme has been the dire need of health care providers in the state and particularly the neighbor islands. And so we did our work, did our research, and have landed here in Kailua Kona and was received with tremendous support for establishing a campus. And so combined with our history of distant campus education and the support from this community, it became very clear that we need to do this. You sort of implied that the state of Hawaii John A. Burns School of Medicine does not have a physician assistant training program. Is that correct? They do not. Oh, interesting. I didn't realize that PAs actually had a different training track, but then again, I never really thought about it. So what is the difference in reality between a physician assistant and a physician? I mean, Dr. Keene, you are a physician, and Terry Scott, you are a physician assistant. Help us understand what you, Dr. Keene, can do that Terry Scott cannot do. Dr. Keene? I think it's less of a difference between what a physician can do and what a physician assistant cannot do. They both are trained in the medical model. The physician training is much longer, so they go through four years of med school, then at least three years of residency. The physician assistant training is between two and three years, and it's very compressed. And the physician assistants are trained to work together with physicians in a team-based model, so the two of them together can care for a much larger group of patients than one single individual can by themselves. In reality, a physician assistant can prescribe the exact same medications, do the exact same referrals and same treatments that a physician can. The physician assistants also serve in multiple different specialties. So while as a a physician, once they finish residency, they get committed to a certain track. So be that family medicine, internal medicine, specialization in orthopedics, uh, whatever it is. Well, as a physician assistant has the ability to take on whatever the need is of that community or of that practice. So they are... a a much more uh, malleable commodity that can actually serve in a better way rather than when a physician comes in, they do what they can do, while as a physician assistant can better meet what the needs of the community are. Oh, that's so interesting. Dr. Keene, what's your specialty? I'm family medicine. So you actually do everything, right? I do everything, yes. But a physician assistant can also work as a cardiology physician assistant. That's not something I can do. And the other big thing, why I'm so passionate about this, I'm really into helping meet the workforce needs of the region. That's what the VAMI program is about. What we have seen is that most of the clinicians, physicians or physician assistants, tend to go where they do their training. And because the MD training is long, there's four years of med school, and then there's the three years of residency, it is a long time and hard to see the return on investment right away. Well, as with the physician assistants, in their second year, in their clinical year, they are ready to be employed. And most of our students, they get between five or 10 job offers, and they then choose to be 
where they have done their training. So this is a great way of a really rapid cycle way of meeting the healthcare workforce needs. We have also found that the physicians and physician assistants, they tend to enjoy their jobs better when they have the PA students because they are very helpful in keeping their knowledge up to date. They bring with them some skills that kind of test us, that make us go beyond where we would normally go, beyond our thinking. It's like, oh, why are you doing that? Or I read this, or maybe this is true. And so that's a great way of keeping your knowledge up to date. So it becomes this wonderful environment where in most of our teaching sites in the Vami region, they complain to us that you're not sending us students. What's going on? And we want students. Um, and that's a testament to the strength of the programs that are in there. Okay, you've used a term whammy. What, yes. What is whammy? First yes. of all, spell it for us. Sure. It's W-W-A-M-I. Okay, whammy. Yes. What is that? So it is a medical education program that started in 1972. So it's 48 years old. It started as AMI. AMI, which was Alaska, Montana, and Idaho, along with Washington, but it was called the AMI program. But so it's under the University of Washington Medical School. Under the University of Washington School of Medicine, and then Wyoming joined later, and so now it's called the WAMI program. In 2022 would be the 50th year of WAMI program. So what it does, it's a really unique model of medical education wherein we really try to find students who are interested in serving underserved areas, but also specialty care, really meeting the workforce needs of the Vami region. Vami region is vast. It is 26.5% of the land area of the United States. And so the Vami region includes? Washington, Wyoming, Montana, Alaska, and Idaho. So 26% of the land area of the United States, but only 5% of the population. So very rural and a lot of issues with access to care, kind of similar to what you see <laughs> on the Hawaiian Islands. But Hawaiian is amplified because you really can't drive to the next island, right? Yes. Although I would say that our programs in Alaska, they have similar issues. So those communities, there's no roads there. And so it's all air bush pilots and all that that bring services to those. So going back to the WAMI program, it was started to meet the needs of these five predominantly rural states. It's really done incredible results. We are one of the largest medical schools in the country now. We are up to 270 students each year. We have six campuses. So we really believe in putting the students in their own state, yet giving them a world-class education that's second to none, that they all graduate from the University of Washington School of Medicine. And we make sure that our curriculum and that our resources are the same at every single site. It's actually a requirement from the accrediting body that all the campuses have at least very similar resources. And that accrediting body would be the same accrediting body for any medical school, such as Johnny Byrne School of Medicine that or is anything correct. else? It's called LCME. It's a part of AAMC, which is the American Association of Medical Colleges. So what this MAMI program does is that it gets the students from these communities, and there are certain programs that are targeted to getting students from communities who are underrepresented or underserved, and then it fosters their education and helps them do the training in the communities. 
for instance, in our third year, we then send all of these students to the five states. So we have over 200 training sites in each of the total of 200 training sites in the five state region. And 90% of our students do training outside of Seattle. So this is this wonderful model of education in the community. And, and what we found, three things we found that make the biggest difference in terms of students going back to their own communities. So number one is admissions, finding the right student. And we have a very robust admissions team. Going Coming back to Medex, they have this really incredible model of admissions that is similar to the Peace Corps model of interviewing. So they really try to find students who have the passion to serve, not just who has the highest scores and things like that. So finding the right students. And second is actually training them where then they can continue to serve the community that they want to serve, but also feel comfortable. One of the barriers is that you do all their training in major metropolitan centers and big hospitals, and then these students like, I can't really work in Kona. I can't really work in downtown Seattle, work in low-resource setting, because I don't know how they do it there. Well, as I can only do it at Ivy Tower Institution. So we flip the model. And then more importantly, we expose them to role models. We expose them to clinicians who are valued in the community, who do great work in the community, so they aspire to be one. And the three of this together, we have incredible return rates. So our return rate to VAMI is more than 65% in the School of Medicine. And I'm not sure, Terry, what the return rate is in Medex. I'd probably say 75 80%. When you say return rate, what do you mean? Return to those states. Or back to similar communities. And a brief reminder, this is Island Conversations. I'm Sherry Bracken. Today we're talking about the new physician assistant training program coming to the Big Island from University of Washington School of Medicine and their MedEx program with Mr. Terry Scott and Dr. Ms. Bakin. Next week, Susan Podziba, who is a world-class mediator, talks about how mediation happens when the issues have to do with sacred lands and seemingly intractable positions. Before we get back to our conversation... A word from our sponsor. At KTA, local and fresh means you get the very best Hawaii Island has to offer. The grass-fed meats you find at KTA are raised without added hormones or antibiotics. Our seafood department is stocked with sustainable choices caught in local waters by local fishermen. KTA carries the largest selection of Hawaii Island homegrown produce. Our mountain apple brand is all local so you know it's fresh and delicious. Local and fresh always tastes best at KTA. Terry Scott, one thing you said was that you want people to apply for this program who have prior medical experience. What does that mean? The medics program is a second career pathway program. So it means we take individuals who have some prior medical experience, and it's varied from all the allied health professions. So it's not uncommon for our students and candidates to come from nursing backgrounds, medical assisting background, from prior military corpsman backgrounds, pharmacy, you name it, lab technician. It is a varied allied health backgrounds that they come to our program from. Physical therapy, occupational therapy, all these various backgrounds can choose to become physician assistants. And that's just the name of few. So it's a second career pathway for folks who decide that they want to actually get into the realm of practicing medicine as opposed to being some of the ancillary care. 
Clearly, we are not in what I would call the catchment area for the University of Washington School of Medicine, yet here you are in Hawaii. Tell us again how you got here. We have individuals who have come to our program over 25 years ago from the state of Hawaii, and if not longer. These individuals, over time, were consistent in their message. It'd be nice if we had a PA program in Hawaii. Hawaii is the only state that doesn't have a PA program. Alaska has a PA program because we put a distant campus in Alaska. Hearing those individuals repeatedly tell us that it would be nice to have a program here in Hawaii, we started developing clinical sites because those folks were coming back doing their clinical rotations here. And the community was telling us it'd be nice to have a PA program. So in 2013, me and one of my faculty had a conversation about, well, should we explore Hawaii more in depth? And we started doing so. And in doing that, it really started to take off. In December of 2016, I was on vacation here, and I met Big Island Senator Josh Green, who is an emergency room physician. We met him up at Javi while he was doing a rotation at the uh, community hospital. We spent probably three hours just talking about the need in the state. It was then that he pointed me to the state legislative report that's been reported every year since 2010 and started talking about the provider shortage. Well, that combined with the discussions or the prompting by some of our students and graduates, it became very clear that there's a need, and we started having conversations and saying, you know what, the University of Washington's history, which MISPA has articulated well, we do this. This is what we do. And yes, it's not part of our whammy catchment area, but it is a need. If it's a need and we have this mission of improving the health of the public, then it fits within the mission of our university. So we started working diligently toward this. Senator Green actually came back to the (coughs) University of Washington, him and uh, Dr. Scott Miskovich, a physician in Oahu, who is senior advisor to the lieutenant governor, because now Josh Green is lieutenant governor, came back to the campus and met with our dean. These three gentlemen had a really robust conversation. We found out that during the early days of forming the Whammy Consortium, there was some consideration of having Hawaii be a part of it. It just never took off back then. We started talking about our mission, and it became clear this is something that we can do and we should do, given the need, and it just has grown from there. So where are you in this process? So in 2016, we, as a program, had to go through our reaccreditation as a program. That comes about once every decade. And so we spent a lot of time working on that reaccreditation and developing the potential Hawaii campus. We met with community leaders. We met with physician leaders here in Kona as well as across the state. We are now at this stage where, one, we have been reaccredited as a program for 10 years. We got that notice in November of last year. We simultaneously submitted a request to our accrediting body for a distant campus. They are in the process of reviewing that. We turned that in January 6th. They're in the process of reviewing. They come out for a site visit here in Kailua Kona to take a look at the proposed space, to look at the community, to determine is this something they're going to sign off on. And so where are we? Got the paperwork into our accrediting body. We've got a potential classroom identified. We're talking about a timeline for remodeling and getting that together. Terry Scott, where is your intended facility? The uh, campus is in the old Kaiser Clinic in South Kona. Accreditation? The paperwork's in. They're reviewing that. We'll get a site visit March 30th and 31st. And then they go and we're on the docket for review in June. And we should hear something in July of this year. 
Does this plan need to have any state approvals, Department of Commerce and Consumer Affairs, or any institutions like that? Yes, we've gotten all those approvals taken care of. The state of Hawaii has given us full ability to be in the state to educate students. That's very good. I'm curious whether you've had any coordination or need to or want to or plan to with the Johnny Burns School of Medicine, with Kona Community Hospital, with West Hawaii Community Health Center, the organizations that are sometimes seen as the medical providers here. We've established affiliation agreements or agreements that allow us to have students in these various medical facilities to train. West Hawaii Community Health Center was very helpful. They did a community needs assessment in 2017. And we use that report as well as the report from the state legislature as part of our feasibility study that we turned in with our accrediting body and some things that stood out. The infant mortality rate for the catchment area for West Hawaii Community Health Center is higher than the national average, which the United States infant mortality rate for a developed country is appalling anyway. So to have it worse than the national average is stark. In addition, the um, report to the state legislature showed that there was over a 400 provider shortage throughout the state, and the neighbor islands were the hardest hit. That's what we use as the data for our feasibility study. So we feel like we have a very strong case that we've turned into our accrediting body. They're going to come out, though, and they're going to look to see that we have the facilities and the necessary infrastructure to ensure that that education is equivalent as to our other campuses. When would the first classes start, and when do we see physician assistants in the community working? When we talked to our accrediting body, we were timing this so we could get this started as soon as possible. After we had our reaccreditation paperwork in in the spring of 2019, we approached the accrediting body and just asked them, could we move forward with our plans for Hawaii? They said yes. They gave us clear direction on what we could and couldn't do. We have move forward, and we had a selection conference here in Kailua, Kona. We had 36 highly qualified individuals, and of that, we're going to pick the inaugural class of 16 students. And they are be starting in Seattle in the spring of this year, because all students come to Seattle for their basic science and anatomy review. And then in the fall of this year, they'll be starting here in Kailua, Kona in their didactic class. Wow, you are moving. This is not theoretical anymore. No, it's not theoretical. It's been five years or more of work, and it's really nice to have it at this point. Because of how accrediting bodies work, we were required to tell the students that every student had to pick a secondary campus. So just in case Kona does not move forward, so they had to put a second campus. Because Medex has 140 slots a year, these students are in those 140 slots. So they are guaranteed a place. But if we don't get our branch campus started on time, then they would have to go to the mainland to do their first year. And then they would come back to Hawaii to do their second year, regardless of what happened. Didn't you say, though, that students have to do their required courses in Seattle anyway? Sure. All students from all campuses come to Seattle for six weeks of anatomy and physiology and basic science review. After that six weeks, they get a few weeks off and they go back to their main campus, whether that's Anchorage, Alaska or Kona, Hawaii. They will start their fall quarter and finish the rest of their didactic year 
at their home campus. So you said you had 36 people at this workshop where you talked about the program, and out of that you are picking 16, you Mm -hmm. said? Yes. I'm curious about the backgrounds. Give us a sense as to what kind of folks you were talking with. Paramedics, EMTs, nursing, medical assistant, medical scribes, surgical techs. Yeah, it was across the board. Fabulous. Mm -hmm. Our commitment to establishing this campus is to ensure we're meeting the healthcare needs of the state. With that, folks who were part of that 36 either are residents in the state or they were individuals who left the state to go and get an education and tended to stay where they got their education and they found out that we were establishing this program and they applied to the program and so they were candidates that we looked at very seriously as well. So ties to the state our current residents of the state took a high priority in this selection conference. Can you tell me how many are actually from the Big Island? Oh, I don't have those numbers off the top of my head, but I can say I know that from the ones that I interviewed yesterday that there were at least three that were from Kona. There was a gentleman from Kau. I, I would also add to that this is just the first year. We have not had a full recruiting season and that we plan on expanding. We hope that this campus would have 24 or more students a year. It's going to take effort for us to kind of go in the community and tell them who we are and that having a class of 36 applicants who qualified, there were 80 who applied, and 36 qualified for the interview, that means they met all of our requirements, is pretty good. The other thing that Mr. Scott points out is that state of Alaska is about 600,000 population Mm -hmm. and Hawaii is 1.4 million. So we've been able to sustain a class of 20 students in the state of Alaska. So we think 24 is easily done in the state of Hawaii. And to answer your question about what have we done to approach Johnny Burns School of Medicine, Mr. Scott and I, we met with Dean Hedges. Their priority is um, medical student education. They are not interested in opening a PA program at this point. However, we did offer our collaboration should they want to do anything with us in future. Their concerns were whether we're taking away any of our teaching slots or opportunities. You mean like faculty members? Not faculty members, but like a clinic wherein they would send their medical student and now they would have a PA student and they might not be interested in medical student. Our experience in WAMI has shown that it doesn't end up being that way because the most of these clinic they welcome more than one type of student so they might want to have a medical student and a PA student and they actually work better as a team rather than just one they can teach each other so it ends up being less work than having just one student and it's also good for learner morale because you know you don't want to be in a community wherein just one person there so more importantly, we have approached multiple different health systems within the state of Hawaii, and I'm really delighted to report that you know under Mr. Scott's leadership, we now have 45 affiliation agreement that School of Medicine has signed um, with entities like Hawaii Pacific Health, with Queens, with large organizations, and many of those have even offered to take our students for the entire clinical year because they know because they're going to be in the market right after that year. So they see this as a big opportunity for recruitment. Oh, I'm sure they do. Do you have agreements with Kaiser Permanente, with Kona Community Hospital, with Hilo Medical Center? 
Yes, we do. As a matter of fact, the residency program over there in Hilo has been one of our strong supporters as well. I've been with the medics program for over 24 years now as a faculty member, and we've established several distant campuses, and I've never seen the support that has come out in this state for this program in that history. They have been outstanding. And we continue to reach out to this community because we know what the stakes are, as well as they, that these individuals are going to be key to starting to address the provider shortage in the state. The beautiful thing about PAs, and Ms. Dr. Keene talked about this, is PAs can practice primary care, they can do specialty care. And 50% of our graduating class goes into primary care, the other 50% tends to do specialty care. If that continues, we should see this community start to have greater access to care because these graduates are going to do the same. Well, I think that most people here, or many people here, I certainly have had the experience of working with a physician's assistant and seems as good as my doctor for mm -hmm. doing the basic things. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't be more delighted. And I think people in this community are going to be thrilled when we really realize that this program is here. What's the tuition for this program, the physician assistant program? The medic program works very hard in the University of Washington to keep our tuition around the 50th percentile of comparable programs. Our tuition for the 27 months is right around $80,000 total. We find that that is a reasonable way for us to continue to fulfill the mission that we espouse and attract a diverse candidate pool. And comparable programs are charging between 120000 and 130000 Anything you'd like to add before we say aloha, Mr. Terry Scott, physician assistant? Medicine's a team sport these days, and the relationship between physicians and PAs is a healthy one, and PAs are not here to supplant physicians. We're here to work collaboratively with them and work to our highest credential. And when we do that, and we've seen this in our Whammy region, it works well to expand access to care to the patients, which we are ultimately here to serve. Dr. Ms. Bakin, before we say aloha, what would you like to add? I just feel blessed to be part of this opportunity to continue Dr. Smith's mission and work with the medics program. It's like a dream being fulfilled to make a difference, and it has re-energized my career and interest, in, and I just feel good about what I'm doing. That is fabulous. Well, I am so delighted to be able to talk with both of you today, Mr. Terry Scott, physician assistant, and Dr. Ms. Bakin, who's a physician both with the University of Washington School of Medicine. Thank you so much. Aloha. Thank you. Aloha. Aloha. And to you, our audience, thank you so much for being with us. This is Island Conversations. I'm Sherry Bracken. Please check the podcast site, kwxx.com or b97hawaii.com or wherever you get podcasts. I recorded a separate little interview with Mr. Terry Scott about the founder, Richard Smith, and his very deep Hawaii connections. Until the next Island Conversations, please, let's all live and drive with aloha. Ahoi ho. Thank you for listening to Island Conversations with Sherry Bracken, available anytime at kwxx.com. We welcome your feedback and suggestions at info at kwxx.com. Join us next week for another Island Conversations with Sherry Bracken, brought to you by KTA Superstores, where you're someone special every day since 1916.